Welcome to a conversation with Noah Cutter. Noah has a background in mixed martial arts, karate, and kickboxing, but his best fights so far have been in bare-knuckle boxing. He steps out of the squared circle to sit down with me to discuss all things bare-knuckle fighting. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Noah as much as I did. And as always, have fun, get rowdy, and listen to the Bare Knuckle Pod. Mr. Noah Cutter, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So what are you up to these days? Um, Just getting back into training a little bit this week. This week will be the first week I did a training day every day since the fight. Okay. So you're, 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 you're feeling pretty good getting healed up. Yeah, I'm getting there. I still got some nerve damage in my face and on my cheek and my nose and teeth area. I mean, that w- it was a wild punch. It was, uh, I was, I was watching when, when you, when, when that happened and it, it looked like it hurt. Yeah, it was a nice little straight shot. And uh, he even said, I haven't watched, I haven't gone back and rewatched the fight. But my coach told me in the interview that um, I've rewatched the fight, but not the entirety of the fight. Like the post fight interview, he said that he was working on that shot. Normally, when he would fade back and use that lateral movement to move out, he'd usually stop and plant and throw like an overhand right. But that time he corked off like a nice little straight right hand. And, uh, yeah, just the way I was following him and the way I switched my stance, like I switched into southpaw and threw my hip forward right when he threw it, it just put like all my momentum going right into the punch. And when it hit in my eye, you know, went right in my eye socket, uh, it just damaged my eye so badly that there was no way I could have continued to keep fighting. Yeah, it, the way that you went into the punch, I think that that's what did it. I mean, all your momentum was going forward. Um, it was hard to watch on TV because I was like, dang, geez, because it was just unlucky. <laughs> I mean, it was just so unlucky. Yeah, yeah, it went right in there. Like a lot of people I saw in the comments said watching it live, but the sound, it sounded like he broke my orbital. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't the bone at all. It was all just in the actual eye itself. I thought, I thought he had torn or even maybe detached my retina when sure. it happened. And, um, that was my biggest concern. I had double vision for quite a while after the fight until it finally swelled shut. Dang. Did you, uh, so you had double vision? No, but, uh, right afterwards, I mean, could you see anything? No, right afterwards I had double vision for like 20 minutes. So like all the way from leaving the ring going into the back was pretty rough. Like I was all disoriented. I didn't have a good you know, going down the steps and everything like that was pretty tough until when I finally got in the back, then the eye swelled shut. And once it swelled shut, then obviously my vision went to single. Yeah. Dang. Um, are you, are you eyeing another fight? Yeah, I'm going to fight again for sure. Um, luckily after the fight was over, I got home and went and did some, uh, went and did my dilated eye test and check for retinal tears and stuff like that. And there was just damage to the cornea and some um, serious busted blood vessels, but there wasn't any, um, 
structural damage or anything? Yeah, there was no retina tears or detachment, luckily, because if there was any tears or bad or obviously detachment, then I was going to have to get some eye surgery, and uh, that would have been pretty rough to have tried to come back from. Yeah, the uh, the recovery on that, and then even just the risk of getting back in the the ring. I'm sure, um, um, they may not they may not have even wanted you to get back in the ring, really. Yeah, after that, you'd have to get you know go get tested by ear, nose, and throat doctor, and make get a you know make sure that you're still eligible to fight because if you can't pass the physical, then they wouldn't allow you to fight. Yeah. Um. So you're getting back into training. I, I, I've, I've kind of scrolled your Instagram a little bit. I've seen uh, some of the crazy uh, exercises you do. You know, I so see you doing punches uh, with your, is that just not uh, push-ups, uh, you know, with your knuckles down. Uh, looks like, you know, on like, like a garage floor or something like that. Is that to kind of get some calluses on those knuckles? Yeah, well, the knuckle push-ups is something that my uh... – MMA coach and my karate sensei had had me do ever since I started training with him. And, um, just like a Makurara board, like hitting stuff like that. It's actually, it does put a little bit of a, like a thick hide on your knuckles and Mm -hmm. gets the skin a little thicker, but more so doing anything like that is to kind of build the endurance and the bones in your hand, like the small bones inside Mm -hmm. your hand. Yeah, and uh, just make your hands more tough in that sense, to where they're not gonna break when they hit something bare knuckle, uh, more so than the skin on the actual knuckle. So that's just something I've done for like twelve years, ever since I've been doing MMA, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of just worked out right that my coach had me do that because, you know, he's more of a traditional karate martial artist and. Uh, they don't wrap their hands and they're more into hand conditioning. Whereas boxers typically wrap their hands a lot and Mm -hmm. are about protecting their hands. And, you know, you're never going to see a boxer doing any kind of hand conditioning, really. Like that's not really a part of their jam. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's just one of the things that I do to, uh, help build the conditioning in the small bones. Just like, uh, if you were to do, you know, shin conditioning, by kicking something like that, same, same thing. Um, and the uh, the Makuhara board, if I said that right, is that the wooden block? Yeah, on the wall. The yeah, little, so yeah, Makuhara yeah. boards, yeah, it's just a piece of wood with like a little bit of padding and uh-huh. the leather nailed over it. And then it has the slits in it so that the wood gives way just a little bit when you punch it. It's not like solid. Okay, that's so, well, I could hear the click when you would punch it. And I kind of wondered what that was, but okay. So yeah, that's the slits in the side of the board and those pieces coming together. So it makes like a little click sound when you compress all those slots together and that gives you a little bit of leeway. So it's not like just punching a solid board. Right. It gives way just a little bit. Do you try to, do you try to reach a number, uh, maybe in a day or a week? Um, uh, uh, you know, many times, as many times as you can to, or as many, uh, punches you can throw with that or. Um, it all just depends. Like, yeah, usually if I set out to start on it, then I'll usually set at least like a 20 punch and it depends on what kind of punches I'm doing. There's a couple different ones I'll do like a negative punch and like a backhand hook punch I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a couple times I will do a lot of, um, 
bladed hand strikes you know what i mean uh-huh. like so just make my hand like a, basically like a karate chop strike sure on the side of my hand and on the thumb side of my hand and then i'll also do the same thing with the back of my hand and just kind of temper it like that sometimes i won't even hit the pad on that i'll just hit the wood on the top and just kind of okay. temper my hand nice and soft but yeah usually at least like 20 times and i'll switch my stance and do 20 each hand each punch or whatever it is i'm doing usually every day if i got a fight coming up yeah now you've you've got nine fights under your belt and uh and bare knuckle um people probably may think that that's all you do but you've got a long career in in mma as well yeah, I did a lot of MMA. I wasn't very successful as a professional MMA fighter because I didn't have a very good wrestling or jujitsu background. Okay. But, um, so you're, you've, about, you've got more of a boxer background? Yeah, we're kickboxing, really. I would kickboxing, say more anything. It. Yeah, I never really started training boxing until I began bare knuckle. But um, when I did MMA, I would say that I was a kickboxer. Like when I was professional all the regional guys, the overall consensus was pretty much not to kickbox with me and to just try to take me down as fast as you can and try to submit me because on the feet, I was kind of, you know, it's kind of the worst, kind of a nightmare for most guys. But um, I had a lot of success as an amateur. But like I said, when I went professional, I just couldn't hang with the black belts and the jujitsu and the, the good wrestlers and stuff. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of why I don't watch the UFC that much. That just it kind of bores me a little bit. Now it's it's I know it's technical and you know more power to them, and it's it's there's no way I could do it, and um, it takes a ton of time and and dedication to to perfect that craft. But it's just not as it's not as interesting to me. That's why I like bare knuckle. Um, it's there's so much action in that. Um, yeah, and so it's got to be nice not to worry about some dude taking your legs out, you know, and you end up on your back. Oh, it's the best. It's, it's bare knuckle is absolutely one of my favorite. If I could do something like a karate combat, I would love to do that. Or maybe even professional kickboxing mm-hmm. where I could just strike and not have to worry. Cause you know, when you have to worry about a guy shooting on your legs, you got to change your stance and change your technique and everything. And, uh, yeah, I would love to just, I, I love straight striking. So yeah, yeah, I love doing bare knuckle. And if I could, pro kickbox or do that karate combat i would do either one of those as well because yeah i I just i'm not good with the takedowns yeah do you pretty much to get uh to start kickboxing you got to pretty much go overseas or is there much of a uh following here and here in the states you know i'm not really sure i mean i tried to get a regional kickboxing match in between my last two fights Mm mm-hmm and it was kind of a little bit difficult, like they were saying. They didn't, they couldn't get sanctioned where they were at here in Florida, and uh, this and that. So it might be a little difficult to get yeah. a pro kickboxing match here. I'm not sure. Maybe I would have to go overseas to get that started. Yeah. But um, you know, they're doing that karate combat league now, and they're right. doing a majority in Miami, and that is like basically just kickboxing with sweeps and a little bit of ground and pound, and. uh that would be i would love to do something like that too yeah i've kind of i've heard a little bit about that i haven't seen any uh seen much of it but i've I've definitely heard a little bit about that it's pretty entertaining they just kickbox and they can sweep and then when they go to the ground they get six seconds to do some ground and pound and then they stand them back up kickboxing again oh okay yeah that seems so like it would keep of, the action going 
Yeah, it's kind of a nice, and it's like three three-minute rounds too. So they don't make them five-minute rounds. They just put them in there. Championships are five rounds. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, I guess to stay pretty busy that way. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in bare knuckle, championship fights are the same time and same amount of rounds, right? Yeah, it's the same as a regular fight. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, was, I, I hadn't really thought of that before, and then you just said that, and I was like, hold it. I'm pretty sure the fights are the exact... And that is that normal? I Would mean... Would the UFC be like that? No, UFC is five-minute no, yeah. five rounds for a championship, whereas... But then also the UFC, you know, they do theirs now for quite a while to where even if you're just the main event, you know, it doesn't have to be a championship championship fight if you're the main event on the card then you go five rounds okay instead of three but most everything yeah it's like you know if it's a championship fight you got to do a little extra time sure a couple extra rounds um boxing is obviously yeah. like that you know i think they, they go 10 now uh-huh. instead of eight or whatever the normal is and uh yeah etc cetera, etc cetera. it's usually always like that but no nah, bare knuckle is just the same across the board i wonder if they'll add that Later on, I know they're starting to, I guess, they'll start drug testing. I don't know when that starts, uh, maybe at the end of this year. Um, yeah, they told us that at the last event. I don't know if how much they've been talking about that on media, but they said at the last event at the fighters meeting that they're going to start drug testing us and steroid testing us. Okay. Um, that's that's probably a good thing. Legitimizes the sport probably a little bit. Gets it on par with other sports. Yeah, my feeling on the steroids is like, yeah, we should definitely be being tested because we're not wearing gloves. So I would say the danger is almost like at the highest. Mm -hmm. So you don't really want a bunch of steroided dudes beating the shit out of each other with their bare hands without gloves on because somebody could get seriously hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the history of bare knuckle, there's been some pretty gruesome injuries. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so, and yeah, I think that that's that's probably a smart idea, and hopefully they get that going soon. Yeah, it's going to legitimize it a lot, and I would, yeah, I'd really be happy to see that getting put in place. I saw one test be done when I first started, and I don't know if they still do that or not. But hmm. when I was in Miami on the first bare knuckle card I fought, I think it was thirteen when Jim Allers fought Luis Palomino. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Allers was in the bathroom and he was getting piss tested. I went to go take a, a leak in the bathroom and he was in there with a uh, a commission person and they were okay. piss testing him. And I asked the commission guy, I was like, you guys piss test? And he said that they were piss testing all championship fights. Uh, okay. At that time. So at I don't know time. if they still do that or not, but I I know for a fact that I went in the bathroom at that event and Jim Allers was getting piss tested and he was competing for the, the championship belt. So I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, that's... That, that's Yeah. <laughs> that's good. You know, I'm yeah, glad yeah. they're testing us. But like I said, that was for championship fights in Florida. I don't know if they do that all the time. Every commission's different, like... Uh, when we were in Nebraska recently, I don't even know if the commission was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is it with Florida and fighting? I mean, it seems like all the fighters are from Florida, right? There's is, a lot of fighters from, are you talking about like the commission as well? Like putting on fights in Florida? Or? No, well, yeah, I mean, well, the BKFC, I know they're, they, I know that they, you know, they have to go to states that, you know, that can commission, uh, bare knuckle fights. And I guess Florida's one of them. 
but it just seems like every fighter I talk to either lives in Florida, is from Florida. It just seems like it's a huge state for fight for boxers. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, good areas. There's, there's so many different subsect areas of Florida to, to train out of that people in fairly big cities, like where I'm at over in the Fort Walton beach, Panama city, Pensacola panhandle area. Yeah. Obviously there's a lot of spots around here, like Roy Jones juniors in Pensacola, um, couple other guys around the area and then like so last week i just went traveling around kind of scoping out different gym areas to train at and so i went from here over to jacksonville florida and juggernaut is over there in jacksonville and he's coaching his Mm -hmm. spot there so you got fighters over there and then i went down towards the tampa area to get tattooed and then that's where like kevin smith's gym is at okay where all those guys train you know the the manager kevin smith yeah 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 um all his guys train out of there and then there's another uh i don't know what the name of the gym is but the one that like jared warren and uh mundell all train out of is in tampa dang and then i went down to miami and then obviously there's like two or three more big ones down there in miami the guys train out of yeah so like i guess slaughter it's, yeah it's sorry, probably sorry, about say, uh, having having those gyms because i think the only gym we have here at, I, I live in tennessee and the only one i know of like a big name would be caleb plant yeah and uh he fights well, what out about bare knuckle though is there any like bare knuckle spots so no bare knuckles not sanctioned in tennessee yet Hmm, but there's no gyms there. They're like, isn't that where like um, uh, Jenny Savage is from? That yeah, area. So Jenny thing? Savage is from here. Um, and last I heard, she was kind of uh, spearheading a, um, uh, or just spearheading the the commission on getting you know it it sanctioned here in in Tennessee. But she got like a pretty steady gym she goes through there. I don't, you know, I don't know. I haven't had her on yet. I've been meaning to have her on. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen her out in California as well. Um, so I don't know how much time she spends here versus how much time yeah, she spends out in California. She might. If she's going all the way to California, then she probably doesn't have availability to a very. Uh, there's good gyms around everywhere, man. But to you know, I was talking when I was in Miami. I went to a Young Tigers Federation, which yeah. is kind of one of Palomino's spots. But I met Tyler Goodjohn there and did a couple sessions with him. And uh, you know, we were talking about how there's not really like a big bare knuckle training scene right now. Mm-hmm anywheres in america really i mean there's those spots and those all those spots i just mentioned in florida right i'm sure there's a lot in other states as well it's almost like a hybrid of mma gyms and boxing gyms mixing together the bare knuckle but it's hard to get like actual bare knuckle training from other bare knuckle fighters that have a high enough iq to teach it at a good level right well i was you know i've kind of thought in watching, I mean, if you've got three fights under your belt, you're kind of a veteran. I mean, you, you've got what does what uh, nine fights under your belt. So, um, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's huge. Cause most of, most of the guys that I see in, in bare knuckle have either an MMA background or a boxing background. Um, 
uh, I've talked to one guy, uh, Potter, who had more. He, I think he had. No, I think he was boxing as well. That was no uh, Idris uh, Idris Wasi. He was uh, he he was kind of like you. He liked the kickboxing aspect of it, but never could get it going. <laughs> well, I think the uh, I think a lot of guys that come from kickboxing and MMA usually tend to do better than the boxers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if they're kind of like you, where they're 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 kind of excited to get somewhere where no one's going to try to take their leg, you know, take them down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, I mean, besides Trout, um, Austin Trout, like one of my box, one of my coaches is a boxing coach and he, he likes Austin Trout a lot. And he was a real big fan of his fight. He, when he watched his fight, we watched it, we were there watching it at Knucklemania mm-hmm. two or three or whichever one it was. And, um, he said that he definitely studied Austin, you know, out of all the boxers that he watched professional or amateur or, you know, lower level boxers like we faced. Yeah. He said that, um, Austin definitely studied, he could tell he studied it and he changed his game plan and his style and adapted to it and trained for it for quite a while. And he put on probably the best performance I seen at a high level boxer coming over to the bare knuckle, in my opinion. Yeah, I think also the uh, the Eddie Alvarez and the Chad Mendez fight. Did you get a chance to see that in Bare Knuckles? No, I didn't watch that. It was on the pay per view, but they're okay. both MMA fighters, though. Yeah, 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 and they they it was uh uh th- those two though they put on a show. I mean, it was. Oh yeah, I saw the clips and I seen they beating. The, I saw the highlights of it and I saw they beat the hell. It looked like a good fight, but yeah, I, I expected that from like Eddie Alvarez coming over. I was thinking that like this is right up more so than Chad Mendez because Chad uh-huh. Mendez is more like a wrestler. You know, right, Eddie right. Alvarez was just a fucking brawler. Yeah, dude, it was. It was like a. Who did they give that fight to anyway? Did they give it to Eddie? They gave it to Eddie, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. It looked like he rocked Chad a couple of times pretty dude. He got rocked too. Yeah, it was just it was the one of the most exciting fights. And I think it was just because they were they're kind of two titans in their own right, you know, uh with their MMA background. Um, but they just they they put on a show. I mean, it was technically I thought it was actually pretty good. I don't think Eddie's hand, Eddie's fists, I don't think were ever unclenched. It, it kind of mes- mesmerized me. I was like, he's, his, even in his, like, even when he was in his corner, it was just like, he is not unclenching his fist. It's like he's got them tight, you know, and he's just, he, I don't know yeah, if he was like, I, you know, I don't know if they're broken. I don't need you know, I'm just going to leave them like this. Yeah. Um, you kind of get so anxious, man. I, I did that a lot in my first fights, and I know not to, you know, to keep my hand unclenched until I throw a punch, but. Man, I, I get so anxious and stuff. I did that in a lot of my early fights where I just, as soon as I started, man, I, I'd ball them up and yeah. I would never, never unball. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking that might be uh, a little bit of a technique. I mean, because I, I don't know where I saw this. This was a while ago, but they were showing, you know, taking, uh, you know, punching and the difference you can make by by really rolling your your knuckles and fingers into your the palm of your hand and uh-huh. getting just a super tight fist. And so I uh-huh. kind of thought that's what he was doing. Like he had kind of rolled his fingers into his the palm of his hand and he'd gotten just a super tight fist and he just wouldn't let him go. You know, cuz uh-huh. he just had it, you know, uh because 
I mean, it's true. I mean, if you do that, you can just feel that your knuckles don't go anywhere. You know, you can press on them. There's hardly any play. And then if yeah. you just kind of just clench your fist, there's a whole lot more play in your knuckles. I don't know. I don't know where I heard that, but um, it was just kind of interesting and kind of rolling your fingers into your palm. But that's kind of what I thought he was doing. I don't know. That was just not a fighter here so i don't i don't know yeah i don't know it's, it's possible because really it's like the opposite of what you really want to do like keeping your keeping your hand clenched the whole time like uh -huh. for one it, it burns up more energy like, okay because you're you're steadily staying anxious you know like you're you're constantly clenched you know what i mean so that sure. just burns up that that'll burn up more energy than if you just leave your hand open uh-huh and uh from what I can tell, as far as like block, you know, to be able to block or parry. So when I block, I was just going over with Tyler. I was like, so when I'm moving around, should I keep my hands open or should I keep my hands clenched? And he was like, keep your hands open. Uh -huh. When you block shots on the head, you want them to be like hitting the back of your hand. You know what I mean? So like right. if I put my hand on my face and someone punches it, I want them to be punching the back of my hand basically just putting my hand in there as a cushion in between my face and my, and the punch. Cause if I make a fist and I put the fist up against my head, then when they punch my fist, it's kind of like knocking my own knuckles into my temple. You know what I mean? Sure. Which isn't the best feeling. And then also any kind of defense you want to do, if you want to like catch or parry a shot, you really need your hand open rather than clenched. Cause if you go to like swat and punches with a, with a closed fist, it's not going to really grab as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely, it doesn't seem like you can, you can block punches as well, or at least you can't put your guard up as well. Um, and bare knuckle. Cause there's, there's, it's, I think it's so easy to get through. So I see, it seems like fighters have a, uh, that do that. They put their kind of, they palm their this one side of their face maybe. Um, and to help kind of block a punch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you kind of got that open hand. Uh -huh. And then it's almost more like martial arts style anyway, is that when you throw a punch, you start with your hand open and then close it as you throw the punch, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, like it makes sense. Style. I wasn't even thinking about the fatigue factor of, of you know, staying clenched for, for, yeah, that's, for that that's long. Yeah, that's one of the that first things be... I learned about it was they were like, you're going to blow your arms out, man, if you just ball your fist the whole time. Like, leave your hands open. Keep them relaxed. Uh -huh. You know, like, able to hand fight and stuff like that. And then when you punch, close them. And then, yeah, you burn up, like, way less energy that way. Yeah, for sure. Makes total sense. Um, are you, do you, do you uh, try to, pick your punches a little bit more than you would if you had gloves on? Mm, it depends, man. Like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly trying to evolve and change my game uh -huh. every fight. And so, yeah, I would say now I'm getting much more like that, especially since my last fight, since I realized like if you throw one arid combination that doesn't land, obviously you can get countered so mm -hmm. badly that it ends the fight so now i'm getting to where i pick my shots a lot more and i'm a lot more thoughtful about what it is i'm trying to do with them because i know that if i get out of my game plan for one second and throw like i said like i did in the last fight one arid combination mm -hmm. it can end the entire fight <clears throat> but in my first fights man i wasn't if you're watching my old fights i mm -hmm. was just 
balls to the wall, swinging, yeah. head up, chin up in the air, <laughs> and uh, just going for it. And I had a little bit of success with that, but yeah, it does that seem I'm like here- that's successful. It's kind of the uh, you know the uh, uh, non-traditional boxer that you know one because all it takes is one punch, really. Yeah, um, what I always say about it is that everything that makes boxing work for boxing, like, oh, you can't be a brawler. Oh, you can't throw ugly shots. You can't throw a lot of power into your shots because you're going to wear yourself out and then mm-hmm. you're going to get outboxed later in the rounds. Majority of that stuff will work in bare knuckle. Like, uh-huh. you can just be a wild kind of brawler. Uh-huh. And, you know, if, if, and against a good striker, you know, like a more sharp kind of boxing style striker. Cause yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't got gloves to protect your face. So if one ugly ass shot gets through, it doesn't matter how ugly it is. If it lands, it's going to land. And also I noticed with the other thing with the boxers like that is that sometimes the more ugly your punches are, the more likely they are to get through because they're not used to seeing that in the practice gym. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's kind of, you don't want to use the sharp boxing, other boxers constantly with nice, crisp, you know, boxing style shots, you get in the ring with a dude that's just throwing looping hooks at you. It might be like considered not as good, but if it's not something you're used to, then it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're not going to block one of those shots and it's going to put you out. Right. Cause you're used to kind of, if he throws this, then he's likely going to do this and this, this, this. And so you're, you know, cause he's, you know, more of a technical fighter where someone who's not, it's kind of weird that that would work in their advantage, but I can definitely see how it would. I do it all, especially in my first fights. I did it all the time. You know, a lot of traditional boxers don't like you to throw power hooks, like a right huh. hook. Yeah. Because, you know, if it misses you, you get all off balance or whatever. But I knocked down so many guys in my first three fights with power hooks from Orthodox and from Southpaw that would be considered an ugly punch in boxing. But you know, it doesn't matter. It came around the guard and hit the guy and that's all I needed to get the knockdown. Yeah. I mean, I've seen punches where the guy, you know, the, the fighter has his head down, the punch over like comes over his head and lands and knocks out his opponent. Yeah. That's another one that's really common in bare knuckle. Right. I mean, the most famous one I can think of right off the top of my head is the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Richmond what, knockout. That's exactly w- what he did. Yeah. You know, he ducked his head under that lead hook and threw an overhand right. And that's again something you go into a traditional boxing gym and they see you doing that with your face pointed straight towards the ground. They're going to be like, "What the fuck are you doing? That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's not correct technique." But you do it in the ring and you come underneath the guy's shot and throw that overhand. It don't matter what it looks like. You know what I mean? And the other thing too with that in particular with boxing, the only argument is, is you can get uppercut. And I tell uh-huh. guys, I'm like, it doesn't matter if he throws a power shot or a right cross or a right hook, he ain't going to hit you with uppercut. You know, you're mm-hmm. already coming underneath the power shot. He doesn't have time to counter you with the uppercut. And then probably, yeah, your shot's going to be landing at the same time. And yeah, that's like a perfect example of that. Technically not correct, but in bare knuckle, it works great. Right. And that's kind of getting back to your point about having a gym that's more geared toward bare yeah, knuckle. You got to teach that. Right. Because you, you probably don't want to be the guy that defaults to that every single time, but it's something that's great to have in your tool bag. Yeah. And if you're just sparring in a boxing gym, anytime you ever do it, your coach is going to be like, 
don't do that. That's right. not, you know, that's ugly. That's not correct. But you got to have people in your corner that know what they're looking at. Yeah, that that's that's a really good point. And hopefully, I'm lucky enough to have. Yeah, maybe you and Good John could get that get that going. I I love Good John. I haven't had him on, but I love watching him fight. He's a he, he does not give he would up. Be great to sure. have on, man, because you know uh, I did a I just did two mitt sessions with him, and while we were doing the mitts, I was also asking him a lot of questions. You know what I mean? Like kind of picking his brain, uh-huh. and uh, he's just like a super knowledgeable guy. You know what I mean? You can sit there and talk about because he's been doing it for longer over uh-huh. there in England since before BKFC started. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, he has kind of like an old mind for it and a new mind. Like he already had his style that he had it there and then readapted to a new style that he's using now. So, you know, not only does he know about it, but he he's kind of seen watch the uh the advancement of it from the england style to the american style yeah i feel bad for him i feel like he gets he gets cut up so much that it almost hurts him a little bit yeah um in the scorecard i don't know i don't know if it should or not but i feel like it does hurt him a little bit well when you're at a hometown dudes uh yeah you're in someone's hometown with dealing with their judges like i said the the yeah one of the yeah. worst things is when you get damaged in the first two rounds and then you're just a bloody mess at the end of every round. Yeah. And nobody think, you know, nobody's thinking like, oh, well, that's just from punches from the last round. You know, everybody's thinking, oh, well, that you just got damaged again and now you're damaged again. So, yeah, it, it's it did him a big it does him a big disservice. And he said he's also kind of a slow starter. Uh-huh. So it's like he gets behind those first couple rounds and then he's picking it back up the rest of the fight. And then, you know, if if they don't give him one of those rounds and that's it. He lost the decision. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost like one of those football teams that they have to get scored on first, you know, that right. if, if they don't, they don't know how to do it. If it's not from behind, you know, they don't know how to, how to win if they don't, if, they, if they're not fighting for it. Um, but uh, I was also looking at your Instagram and you've got a massive tattoo. Is, is that Achilles? Yeah. <laughs> so the one on my shoulder, that I just got done. Uh, I just finished up and then I started another one. I got Achilles on the outside of my shoulder and then I just did Marcus Aurelius on the underarm. Oh, man. I, I don't think I've seen the, the Marcus Aurelius. Oh, yeah. Um, it's on my uh, more recent one. I got a video up on it, but I've been going to see this guy, Jubal, down in uh, Clearwater, um, uh-huh. Port St. Richie, Tampa area, and he's just been killing it, dude. Yeah, the detail on it's insane. Yeah, he finished up the last layer on the Achilles this last time and did the white highlights on it. And yeah, it looks awesome. It's really popping. Had you been eyeing that? No. So this guy, Jubal, actually hit me up after um, the Knuckle Mania card. Okay. And I don't know if you remember that fight or if you watched it or not. I had like a pretty bad doctor stoppage that was... Uh, not a great call in my opinion uh-huh. and everybody was pretty pissed about it. So then after that fight, when I got back home, he had, um, Jubal, he had done some work on Julian lane before and some other bare uh-huh. knuckle fighters. So he, uh, he just hit me up anyways and was like, man, I was watching the fight, total garbage, bad call. And, uh, just come hit me up when you're healed up in Florida. And I'll give you a free piece. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I was like, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you up on that. 
yeah or some free work he got started on it for me and i was like yeah i'll come see you man and get it done and so i i'd already been following him and i seen his work and he did real good like roman statue style great okay. work and stuff like that i really liked he did and so i just picked it out and then had him lay it down and then this last time i went i had picked out the achilles or the uh marcus aurelius piece to do on the bottom yeah um sorry you were talking about your the stoppage um i feel like I, I feel like I don't know when the doctor's going to stop it or not. Like the ringside docket feels a little inconsistent lately. I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, not to get too much into it, but I would say that I've noticed here lately, ever since, uh, especially, I would say it kind of started on the Knucklemania card, really. Uh-huh. A little bit that was the first one and then i went to the louisiana card after that and there was a couple matches they let go on the undercard like on the prelims that i thought could have been stopped at any time and they kind of let them go so i think it depends on the show yeah where it's at so the more rural the area i think the more likely they are to let it go sure like in Louisiana or Mississippi or something like that, they're more likely to let it go. Uh-huh. And then with them being in like a Hollywood, Florida tomorrow, I think they're more likely to stop them earlier. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. And that makes sense. I, I just, I, I'd noticed that the last couple of fights. And then um, the placement on the card too. Like, so if you're on the undercard or the early card or yeah. basically everything up to the featured fight, uh-huh. they're going to stop it pretty early they're yeah. not gonna let you <clears throat> because it's just like the money situation you're not making as much money yeah and um you know your placement situation there's not as much riding on it you know what i mean when sure. you're like in the top 10 as opposed to like in the top five and maybe it's for a title or something like that you know they're more likely so basically everything from the featured co-main event and the main event, I think, are much more likely to let go with a bad cut that would normally stop on the undercard. Yeah. Well, in watching boxing and, and MMA, um, you don't see the ringside dock as much as you do in, in the in, in bare knuckle for obvious reasons. Um, so it's just, it's just something that I love bare knuckle, but it's, it is something that I'm getting used that I'm having to get used to the ringside dock coming up a lot more. Yeah. Well, also too, with boxing, it seems like if the ringside doc does come in for a cut in boxing, uh-huh. like that they're pretty quick to stop it for a cut uh-huh. in yeah. boxing. You know what I mean? Like if you get a nasty cut on your eyebrow, they're going to probably stop it. Right. Yeah. 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 But, uh, so are you, are you looking forward to, uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, actually I am, man. I am looking forward to that fight. Um, pretty good the florida the florida cards are kind of they're a little a side heavy for Uh me to be quite honest like they're kind of set up for the florida guys like if i were to bet then i would just bet on every dude that's from florida (laughs) right um they're kind of that's the one thing i don't like about them but um yeah that's a pretty good card uh i can't wait the louise Louise and Lily, that is not a solid A side fight. That that that's a anybody's anybody can win that fight for sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. I appreciate you coming on. It has been it has been fun. Yeah, man, that was good little chat.